When wine is on trial, the gossip is dishy. The judges are drunk. Wasted. The verdicts are random. So random. This is True Crimes Against Wine. No, Winston Churchill is dead. I just said no. Uh, yeah, if you want to listen to mainstream media. <laughs> Hello, all you nosy lushes out there. Welcome back to another True Crimes Against Wine. I'm Rachel. And I'm over-caffeinated. <laughs> Topher is over-caffeinated, but he's also full of wine knowledge that he's excited to share with us today. Yes, and Rachel is basically just a walking tabloid, so she's going to give us all of the <laughs> lurid details of our celebrity darkest secrets. Yes, okay. So we are revisiting a region from almost a year ago, actually. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, we're going back to Monterey, California, which yes. is where I believe the Francis Ford Coppola winery yes. is, mm -hmm. or wineries. Mm -hmm. um, so we've talked about that area before, near-ish, the San Francisco yeah. area, coastal. It's where like- Gorgeous area. Yeah, Carmel by the Sea is there. Yes. Isn't that where- Big Little Lies. Yeah, Big Little Lies is yeah. um, set there and filmed there, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. It so, is gorgeous. Like, if you ever have a chance to, like, drive that coastal stretch of highway, you absolutely yeah. should. I have never done that, but I want to. I've definitely looked at pictures and drank wine and pretended that I was doing it. So, I think you all, again, need to fund this research trip for us. Mm -hmm. Topher and I will rent a convertible. Yes. To drive the stretch of highway, and we will take all the pictures and film all the TikToks that your hearts desire. But we will be drinking, so this convertible will be rented, but we will not be driving it. We'll Correct. be sitting in the front seats, but it will be on the flatbed of a large truck. Yes. And Fact Checker will be driving that truck. Yes. He has his trucker's license, right? Oh, we're also going to need a scarf budget. Scarf and sunglass budget. We'd, so you will have to up your contribution. Yeah. Because we from... need, like, really long trailing scarves, oh, yeah. you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and some nice good sunglasses too. Mm. Oh, and the wine. Oh, yes, and the wine. Yeah. Honestly, you guys are looking into like mm, four or five figures that you should each donate now for this research. Yeah, Thank for you. sure. Thanks. Thank you so Thanks. much. We appreciate your contributions. So, in the meantime, we're going to have to make do with what we have, <laughs> <laughs> which is. So, today we are doing, I'm so excited. You Me don't too. even know. Like, I could pee. I'm so excited. And you probably will. And I probably will at some point. <laughs> We're doing the Barrymore wine. Yes. So as you can guess, this is from Drew Barrymore. Yes. This is a collaboration with an existing winery in the Monterey area called Carmel Road. And we have been trying to get our hands on this wine for a really long time. So yeah. around like spring of last year, I had ordered a bottle directly from the vineyard. Yeah. And like less than a week in, I get a call from the nicest woman in the world. She, I cannot remember her name. I'm so sorry, but it's been almost a year. But she's the vineyard manager mm -hmm. or the winery manager or something. Mm -hmm. And she was very confused because she was like, where did you find the <laughs> link for this? Because we haven't had this in like three years. And I was like, I don't know. I just, I Google searched it and then filtered to shopping and <laughs> a link came up and yeah. I, I paid for it. And she was like, well, 
that must be like some kind of broken link situation yeah. or dangling link. I can't remember it what she happens, called it. Yeah. She was so nice though. You know, I had explained why we wanted right. it. Right. We're on a very famous a critically acclaimed podcast. Exactly. Yes. Um it's on Oprah's book club list. Yes. As things to listen to while you're trying to pretend read to read a book. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And anyway, she was like, Yeah, well, if you would like, I can give you guys like a discount on getting a different bottle sure, of wine or yeah. something like that. Or I can give you a full refund. And at the time, I was just like, I'll go ahead and take the refund because we really are looking for this specific bottle. But I ended up finding it randomly recently at a wine shop in New York and had it shipped to us. Perfect. So So we finally get to try it. Serendipity. All right, let's crack this bottle open. So this is the Barrymore Pinot Grigio. Have we done a Pinot Grigio? We did one Pinot Grigio a while back, and I'm trying to remember who did it. Oh, gorgeous sound. I love it. It's beautiful color. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more golden than some of your other Pinot Grigios, which kind of is telling me right away that it's a California. It doesn't okay. have that greenish hint to it that a lot of Italian Pinot Grigios will have. Okay. So cheers. Let's Cheers. Smell. How did you use my pour? You did pretty good. You're getting a lot better. Thank you. Yeah. It's only been a, like a year. I get and... the award for most improved. Yes. Thank you. Definitely. All right. Let's smell it. Mm, very crisp. It is. Yeah. And yeah. lots of really lovely fruit and floral notes to it mm-hmm. for me. Okay. So can I try to guess? Yeah. Do it. <laughs> I know? love that you volunteered and I didn't have to like corner you and give you that like deer in headlights look. Okay. My first instinct is to say green grapes and I know you're going to smack me. I am going to smack you. Okay. I'm going to say has a little honeydew melon okay. to it. Very nice. Okay. Very nice. I think there's a lot of green fruit there is green here. fruit even flavor. like green apple yeah i would a say it's juicy green, yeah. green apple like a really good crisp green apple yeah. not too sour but yeah. like that crispness yeah a little little tart but not like tart but not sour yeah, yeah. Little like floral i'm not sure about i'm definitely getting like white flowers like okay um, is it not the stunt jasmine what's the one that has like the vine that has maybe it is jasmine jasmine has i have jasmine outside my front door yeah. you've helped me plant jasmine before <laughs> <laughs> I always get jessamine and jasmine okay. mixed up. Jessamine can be white. It's more yellow okay. kind of flowers, yeah, but yeah. it can be white too. No, I'm talking about the white. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe jasmine. Anyway, this is our botanical podcast. <laughs> Thanks for tuning we in. We really don't know what we're saying. <laughs> you want to give it a taste? All right. Let's taste it. Oh, I like it. Mm. This oh. is a good oh, hot, warm day. And this is a nice, yeah. cool, refreshing wine. It's definitely got that crispness on the front end yeah. that you can smell in the aroma. Mm-hmm. But it has such a richness over your palate, like in the yeah. back end. Ooh, I like this. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's lush. It is, yeah. Lush, but not like overdone no. No. with it. It's yeah. still, it's it's not like, it's not actually rich and heavy. It's just got. No, no, no. It's just got a lush texture to it that's really mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a wonderful patio. But wine. how much is this bottle? Oh, I think it ended up being like 30, 25 or 30. Okay. So a little more than we usually spend on a bottle, but and, not crazy. And last time, and I'm so sorry that I cannot remember who did the Pinot Grigio last time. And Fact Checker is not here. Apparently, he had a family emergency, which means he's at the racetracks. Again? Again. I know. 
That's why y'all need to send us money. No, don't send it to Fact Checker. No, don't send it to him. He will spend it on the horses yes, or dogs. And the what dogs. kind of racing? It's dogs on horses. Okay. It's oh, chipmunks like little, on dogs like on horses. Like a little jockey outfits. So cute. Okay, that's adorable. That's that actually so cute. Him little argyle, like, and they got oh, little helmets. Okay, we're gonna. Okay, join I can him. see the appeal now. <laughs> He's just betting money on like who's the cutest. That's how it works. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we were talking about Pinot Grigio mm-hmm. the last time that we had this, and I had made the note that because there's such a quick turnaround. Oh, it was the Kylie Jenner. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Italian Pinot Grigio. Yeah, I like this better. I think. Well, this is a higher price point, okay. and so what I had said was that it's very easy to find just really good cheap table wine Pinot Grigio because there's so much of it that's kind of what saturates the market it's rarer to find something that's done in a more elevated style and that's what this Mm -hmm. is and it shows like if you were to do a side by side you so you said this is a good patio wine so I'm envisioning a very upscale patio oh yeah like a this is a like a stone courtyard overlooking like the Monterey coastline with like Flowers, right? You've got like wildflowers growing. You can oh, hear yeah. the waves in the oh, distance. Yeah. Reese Witherspoon is sitting here. Gorgeous, like lush cashmere wrap around you. I definitely, Just like Burberry. Evening will get a little chill. Yeah, so you, you know you want to be prepared. Nicole Kidman obviously is wearing fur lined oh, leather. Obviously, yeah. You're giving me some Nicole Kidman today with your with auburn my hair. hair. Yeah, yes, thank you. On a really weird side note, let me tell you the one time I was called Nicole Kidman, not because I look like her, because I don't. When I worked at the movie theater, way back when, it she was, was a movie star. I was. <laughs> no, I was the person who would tear your ticket or give you popcorn. And Very by tear your ticket, she's like, "No, you don't deserve to see this movie. Get away. Keep it moving. Forbidden." It was right when Moulin Rouge came out. Oh. And this older middle-aged couple was coming in to see it, so I, tore, you know, tore the tickets. Like, oh, enjoy your show. And the older man, who was so sweet, he was like. Oh, you look like Nicole Kidman. I was just like, mm, I don't think so, but thank you. My hair so, was very red at the time. I have mixed feelings because first okay. of all, wonderful compliment. Oh, wonderful, wonderful compliment. compliment. But not However, accurate. <laughs> not accurate. But also bad era for that compliment because that was, she had just gotten all the- No, Moulin Rouge, Nicole Kidman was like the height of Nicole Kidman. Oh, beauty. was it? Was that, oh, was it right yeah. after? It was right before she started the weird face stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, well then, yeah. Okay, yeah. then I then I take it back. Yeah. Great compliment. Yeah. But I was like, that's not accurate, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just because my hair was redder. Yeah. And I'm pale. Now, this is not about Nicole Kidman. No. It's also not a botanical um, no. podcast. You might be surprised. This is about. I think we're both over <laughs> Well, let's get into it. Let's get into it because I listen. Listen. Drew is. Oh God, she's got my heart. Like I, I know. love me some Drew Barrymore. You're I know. Love her even more. After okay, today. great. That makes me so happy. No spoilers though. Okay. So I think it's hard for someone not to know who Drew Barrymore is. She is a. She's a. Definitely the face of like this zeitgeist sort of thing, but for and several different eras. Of- right. That's the thing, too. She has been acting since she was a child and now she's in her 40s. So she has just been constantly working. So diff- like you said, different people, I think of different ages, know her for different roles. And love her. Like for yeah. me personally, I I see her as the face of several different eras of movie making. Okay. Like I, I associate her with like basically three major 
sort of like eras. What's your favorite Drew Barrymore? Ooh, that's so hard. Man, Never Been Kissed was really great. Okay. But I think I'm going to have to go with Ever After. Okay. Ever After. Yeah. I watched that recently. I was having like. Did you? Yeah. It was after I got my booster shot and my flu shot in the same, at the same time. (laughs) I don't recommend that, by the way. I do do not. And it was actually the flu shot that. That That did it. Yeah. Yeah. That really like put me under. But so I was having that kind of like sick day Mm -hmm. and I was like, Book it. I'm watching Ever After. And it was the best experience. It was like chicken soup like, for my soul. I know. Like it warms your heart. Yes. That's why I think Drew Barrymore is as a person. She just kind of like makes you feel better about your life and yes. yourself. I will watch anything she's in because I know that it's going to make me feel good inside. Yeah. Having said that, the first time that I watched Riding in Cars with Boys, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is not the lighthearted feel good comedy that I no, thought it was going to be. No, yeah, no. I was not prepared. Yeah, no, it's not. So Drew Barrymore was born February 22nd, 1975 okay. in California. She's got, a, she's got a birthday coming up. Yeah. Her dad is John Drew Barrymore. He was part of the Barrymore acting family. Yes. I'm not really sure that I, I probably know some of the older movies that he's in, but I know that his, her great aunt, Ethel Barrymore, mm-hmm. yeah. she was a big deal too. Mm-hmm. A long line of like actors in this acting family. Going back to like silent films, like yeah, really like a generational acting. I think Drew is probably like the one who's honestly had the most success of any member that. of her yeah. family, even given like the different eras. Her dad was kind of an absent father, basically, and like dipped out on the family very early on, which mm-hmm. is unfortunate. But both of her okay, her full name is Drew Blythe Barrymore. So Drew and Blythe are both different surnames from different parts of her dad's side of the family okay. over the years. I love the name Blythe. I do, too. I think it's really cute. And I, I kind of thought, like, oh, Drew, like, her parents were giving her, like, a cutesy, edgy, like, kind of boy nickname. No, it was because it was a family surname, which okay. I think, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Unless um, your family ends up being crap. Well, her dad was crap. She said that, like, her dad basically left when she was, like, six months old. So she was kind mm. of raised by her mom. She had a very turbulent childhood. Mm. She started acting very early on. Do you know her first big breakout role? It was E.T., right? Yeah, it was E.T. She played Gertie in E.T. Yeah. I love her. She was um, only six years old. Have you seen her, like, late night talk show interview after E.T.? When she's she's, like, missing, like, two front teeth. No, I haven't seen that. That's a must be adorable, though. She's so fucking cute. Yeah. And hilarious, too. Because she's just up there. She gives no fucks. Yeah. And she's like, you know, kids will just say whatever pops into their head. And so she's cracking the host up because she's just like. Is this the Johnny Carson interview? I think it might have been. I think it probably was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he just doesn't even know what to do with her because she's so damn cute. So one of the things about her is that she's always been a very self-possessed person. Yes. And a very naturally charismatic person, too. I think without from a kid, which is what made her so successful as a child. But you know how, like, sometimes, especially when it starts in children, they start to display that, it can be kind of insufferable? Oh, She's never yeah. had that. We've it's all always... been around one of those kids before. Yeah, I think yeah. I might have been one of those kids at one point. <laughs> um, no, never. Never. I was never a child. <laughs> You just emerged a fully human man. I hate emerged a, an insufferable, fully formed <laughs> human man. Cheers um, to that. Cheers. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that she just, she has this, it's not even like an overconfidence or even maybe self-confidence. It's, not, it's just that she it doesn't occur to her sometimes to feel self-conscious. Right. Part of the endearing thing is that yeah. she is kind of an awkward person. 
which makes you but feel she, like when you're watching but her, she's like, also very personable. Yes. So that paired together, it's an interesting mix of, like you said, kind of being a little goofy and silly. It makes you and feel awkward, but also at home very with her. right. But it's relatable. So I think as a child, that allowed her to really communicate with adults in a way that wasn't awkward or felt like, oh, I'm talking down to like a kid. Right. Because she was always very like, oh, just kind of talk to anybody, whatever. Which I think was good and bad. I think it helped her career a lot. E.T. was her first big breakout role. She then went on to star in like two different Stephen King adaptations, Firestarter mm-hmm. and Cat's Eye as a young child. I have been wanting to watch Cat's Eye. I've never, well, I've never I seen Firestarter either. I haven't seen either, either but yeah. Cat's Eye is the one that's kind of an anthology, right? It's like three different stories where this... This oh, cat gosh. sort of like goes through I and it connects them that all. sounds correct, but I haven't. Yeah. It's been a while since I read it, so I can't say for sure. Anyway, I haven't seen the I, film. I don't know. I like stuff like that. Like yeah. That kind of genre is fun for me. But. Yeah. She started in a serious film, too, as a kid called, and oh, no, this wine. Yes, it's the wine. <sighs> yes. Yeah, not anything else. Called Irreconcilable Differences. Okay. About two adults getting divorced, and she played the child in the middle of that relationship. Gotcha. And it was very critically acclaimed. Like, she did a really good job. She was kind of like the Dakota Fanning of her era. Honestly, yeah. I think that's a really good comparison. Mm-hmm. Now, Although I will say Dakota Fanning could at times in interviews borderline mm-hmm. on being that sort of insufferable that I've talked about. Yes. Which, no diss on Dakota Fanning. I think that she was just very mature for her age. And sure. sometimes that can be disarming when you have it in a Well, child. let's talk about Drew Barrymore being very mature for her age. I have heard that there were some issues. Yes. Her mom... Pimped her out. Well, her mom would take her to parties and things that were not for children. Yeah. Like Hollywood parties and stuff. Well, yeah. Drew Barrymore was a regular at Studio 54 in New York City as a child. Which is both problematic and kind of dope as fuck, right? I mean, it's kind of crazy like that that like people were just like okay but also who were the adults around who are allowing this to happen because you know that there was like all sorts of like drugs and And she started using drugs and started drinking very early on she said that she was she said she was about eight or nine when she first started drinking yeah that is i was expecting like 12 or 13 which is still heinous but like (gasps) it's very young oh my god So she started drinking very early on because, again, she was kind of this precocious kid, but also her mom put her in situations where she was around adults and this party atmosphere wasn't really being apparent to her. And you know that there were adults there who were like, oh my God, let's get this kid drunk. Like, this is so funny. Because it was a funny thing. And they're also drunk and high and they have terrible judgment at that moment too. It's so awful. Yeah. She also started using um, marijuana and cocaine at a very young age. And she said that by the time she was 13, she was addicted to cocaine and alcohol. Yeah. So I just want to say, like, I, I know that she came out of that. Like, we do have a a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. It is incredible to me that mm-hmm. during these developmental stages in her life, being mm-hmm. so dependent on these mind-altering substances yes. that are, I mean, will fuck you up. Yeah. How is she such a self-possessed, intelligent person now? I know. Like, how did that not give her brain damage during, because she was still developing. I Right. Like, your brain is still jelly. It's yeah. not done setting, like. It needs more time. Like, you got to set it and forget it and then come back to it when you're about (laughs) mid-20s. Seriously. Because your brain is still 
goo just floating around in your skull. Yeah. So she ended up actually going to rehab when she was 13 years old. Which also just imagine being 13 and having to navigate rehab. the negative. I was going to say the negative press. Like you're this public yes. figure that and people have seen you in these interviews. They've seen you in yeah. these movies and they know that you're this like self-possessed, precocious, talented right. person with your life ahead of you. And now instead of all this positive attention, it gets completely flipped around where you're the 13 yeah. year old fuck she went up. from a cute who, little kid to like, oh, you're a drug addict. Yeah. And, and it's in just a few and you're years the one time. villainized. It's yeah. not even people aren't thinking about like I'm sure they may have maybe made some comments about sure. the mother, but, but it's still on the kid. Right. Her mom According to public opinion, I'm not saying that I Oh right. And think I about, don't blame her for that at all. I don't think that she had a time choice. period when this was happening to her was the 80s? late eighties. Late eighties. Yeah. So understanding of addiction, even understanding of like what it meant to be a kid was a lot different in the late 80s than it is right now in the 2020s. Childhood in the 80s was a weird time. It was a very weird time. I remember my parents being like, ah, just go out down the street. Yeah. And I was like four and a half, five years old, just like, okay. My parents were extremely overprotective and we were also, you know, in a cult basically. Right. But like Fact Checker will tell me stories about his older siblings, especially because yeah. they would have been like teenagers during that time or about, yeah. about the same age actually yeah. as Drew Barrymore was. And the things that he tells me that they were allowed to do and, like, the amount of independence, I'm just like, what? how did you survive? Right, like, how are you alive? <laughs> yeah, Gen Xers are, they're a different breed. They're a different breed, yeah. yeah. And that's not meant as a disparaging comment. No, like, it's kudos not. Kudos to y'all. You just... survived and became stronger. Well, I think that kind of applies to Drew Barrymore, too. Like, yeah. as you said, she's become just, like, this lovely person. Maybe not become is the right word. I think maybe she's always been, despite these horrible things that she went through. And that's what's incredible to me. It's not even that there was like a, okay, I I now realize that I need to develop this right. new thing as a result of what I used to be. It's the fact that she maintained. Right, exactly. Which I mean, I don't know what she was like during that period, but I would imagine. She's described herself as being like wild and out of control, which again, if you think about a literal child. On cocaine. On cocaine or drunk. And I don't like being around children no that had just had a Coca-Cola. Right. Much less cocaine. Right. So after her rehab, her mother also put her in a psych ward, had her committed, and she stayed in there for a year and a half. Jesus. Yeah. First of all, yeah. I have questions. Okay. Okay. First of all, mm -hmm. why was this mother allowed to continue to keep custody? We're going to talk Drew about Barrymore? that in a second. Yeah. Okay, good. Because that's, that's a glaring issue in my yes. mind. Second of all... Why was the mother not also put into rehab? Because you can't tell me that like right. mom, absentee present mom is taking her daughter to Studio 54 and not also having a substance abuse problem, whether it's alcohol, drugs, or both. Yeah. I saw when I was researching this, a photo of Drew and her mom. And I don't know if this was taken on the way to Studio 54. That was kind of what the article implied, but it could have just been another picture. But it showed her mom kind of dressed up and kind of like more of kind of a clubbing, kind of going out kind of outfit. And Drew being dressed up in kind of like this frilly dress as like a little kid. I think so I've that, seen that. That really kind of showed. Is the least mom in kind of like a jumpsuit situation? Kinda, yeah. And she has got like. Yeah, the big kind of poofy hair. Yeah. Yeah. It was very like mid 80s ish look. But well, actually maybe more early 80s because Drew looked young. 
I mean, first of all, I would be pissed if my mom took me to Studio 54 and I had to wear some frilly dress situation. But she's also like a very little, little looking I don't care. I I am at Studio 54. I had better have a tearaway to like a sequined jumpsuit (laughs) or some sort of situation. I needed like a high pony. No. Yeah. But like I'm not trying to go with like Little House on the Prairie vibes. That just really like kind of hit home. I was like, oh shit. She was like such a little kid. Not even a teenager where you're like, okay, you're more independent, like you're pushing boundaries. She was like a kid when this started for her. And what's gross is that the mom wasn't even doing it out. And I am going to assume motives here. And I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Okay. The mom wasn't even doing it as like a, oh, I can't be bothered to get a babysitter. She was exploiting her child who was famous it was, in order yeah. to get into an in crowd at Studio 54 and be like, look at my Hon- novelty yeah. child. Honestly, I think that's what it was. I was like, I have a kid who's gotten famous. The father of this child I have is from a famous acting family, even though he had dipped out on the family. And Drew has described her dad as like being abusive and like volatile, like really unpredictable. And like she has no relationship with him whatsoever. But yeah, I think honestly that was the situation where the mom was capitalizing on her child's fame. Yeah. There's really to benefit herself. Which there's is really, really not shitty. another way to yeah. read it, honestly. And not even like a bad stage mom and the fact that she was like being too controlling. I think it was just overly like lax and like, hey, you're my ticket into this. Yeah. 100 life that I want. Fun fact. Okay. I have actually partied and danced my ass 54. off at Studio 54. <gasps> You have, Topher. That's so cool. Uh, so Fact Checker's brother, just prior to like COVID, mm-hmm. at the end of 2019, got married at Studio 54. That's amazing. It's a venue now. Yeah. So when we got the invite and saw where the venue was, oh, hell yeah. we went shopping. I yeah. was like, oh, if we're going to be at Studio 54, we are going to dress Studio 54. Did you dress as a disco ball? Almost. I wore, <laughs> I wore an amazing jacket that is like still like my favorite formal blazer Mm -hmm. but it's layers of lace and sequins on each other in like this really cool pattern kind of like a a jewel tone blue color Mm. it was really great nice yeah and then had like a giant gold necklace on of course yeah yeah Yeah. it was what was your cocaine budget what did you allocate for the (laughs) there was no cocaine involved but i will say complimentary i will say so it was a not well yeah it's technically a morning wedding and then okay. had like a noon brunch reception mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know we're in this club where it's everything's enclosed there's no windows anywhere no 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 and so we like are drinking it up mm-hmm. partying our asses off mm-hmm. we end up borderline blackout drunk right mm-hmm. and we're all just like oh man it's time to like either move to the next venue or go home or something right and so we like all kind of pour out of studio 54 into 3.30 in the afternoon, harsh, bright daylight. And just like, it was the most disconcerting, like, like, oh no, what the fuck is happening right now? Like in my head, it is two o'clock in the goddamn morning. Right. Yeah. Nope. That was not the case. And you're like, nope, it's just afternoon. It's just the afternoon. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's the problem with day drinking. Yeah. Well... When you're day drinking and you're like out at a pool or something, you can like. That's a different vibe. But when you're like enclosed in a club. (laughs) Day drinking. Day drinking and like pounding back. Like you are, you're partying as though you're in a club. Right. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's right. Because I started clubbing at 11 o'clock in the morning. So, (laughs) so yeah, this is what's happening. That's how the real cool people do it. Yeah. I will say 
I was in bed by eight o'clock. Oh, you have to be at that point. And after well, that, you have to be like, I just need to get food into me to absorb some of this yes, and then crash. That's exactly what happened. We took a long walk. Yeah. Walked some of it off. Got some food, went home. I think we put on like HGTV or something and then just like <laughs> passed out. And then the next morning we had lunch reservations at a Michelin star restaurant. And it was great because I was not even like hungover. I'd had like a solid like 12 hours of sleep. <laughs> the advantage today drinking is like it's an early night yeah 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 so that was kind of drew's life in the 80s i will say she did fight to get legally emancipated from her parents at 15 good for years her old and she was successful wow even with all of her like psych issues because she must have just been coming out of rehab yeah, at that point she was and, yeah and, um, the psych ward the stuff psych yeah. Ward, yeah so she i think the courts realized like this is not a good situation these you know, adults are either not present or are abusing their parental role. You know that you're a shitty parent mm-hmm. when your child has just gotten out of rehab and a year and a half of being jailed up in a psych ward. Yeah. And the judge is like, oh, no, you're better equipped to take care of yourself yeah. than to be in the custody of this person over so here. So she's been on her own since she was 15 years old. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, again, I'm amazed. Yeah. Like. She kind of. Continued her, like, a little bit of turbulence through, like, her late teens, early 20s. She's a, she's a teenager. Um, I think she did, like, genuinely, like, kick the drug habit. But she was still kind of in, like, the partying kind of mindset. Which, again, like, your brain is still jelly. Mm-hmm. Like, you're still making decisions based on impulse and desire rather than, like, what's right. best for you. And I will say also, thank God, she was born a decade before oh, all the social media bullshit and all that all that plus imagine if it had been a decade later and now as she's a teenager and in early 20s she's come out of rehab mm-hmm. she's emancipated mm-hmm. but her partying friends are Paris kim Hilton. kardashian oh, Paris yeah. Hilton, lois Lin- uh, uh, lindsay lois lois lindhan <laughs> yeah that cool kid lois everyone's favorite grandma lois Linhan. I knew who you meant. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Take you. Take a drink. Take a drink, Topher. I, I, I will, because that can only improve things at this point. <laughs> yeah, how soon do you want to get to that cross-examination? Mm, not oh, quite. You want to wait a little bit? Okay. Let's wait a little bit. So she started taking on a little more mature roles in the 90s. It's code for porn. Well, she started a movie called Poison Ivy. <gasps> Not the Batman villain slash love interest. How do I not know about this? Is she she in a sexy role? Yes. We're going to try to watch it later. Oh, my God. Yes. So she plays this kind of like teen girl from the streets who befriends a wealthier girl who has like a stable home life. And (gasps) she like inserts herself into (gasps) the home life, kills the mom. Spoilers. Seduces the father. Fuck yes. And slash seduces the daughter friend. Who She's plays like, the daughter you? friend? Is it another star? Oh my star? gosh, I I did know it and I didn't write it down. I've forgotten because I've had some wine and things. Fuck fact checker, where are you? <laughs> we will we will watch this later. I need to send a pigeon to fact checker real quick. <laughs> yeah, send a carrier pigeon. We're gonna pause for carrier pigeon. <laughs> so that sounds amazing. Yeah, she posed nude for Playboy in 1995. Full She's on or just full, top? full on nude? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get to see the JJ? I mean, I haven't looked up the 1995 issue. We can go to that antique store I was telling you about earlier because they do have vintage Playboys there. Or we could go to the library and look it up on microfiche. Yes. <laughs> 
we've just like confused basically Everyone. our entire demographic like, here. What's microfiche? Yeah, we are Tiny very young. fish, but you call them yeah. fish. To quote Drew Barrymore, I'm 17. Yeah. <laughs> we are definitely um, old people playing teenagers right yes, now. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> Do you remember this incident? You don't remember it, but maybe you've heard of it. Let me okay. phrase it this way. I was not there. You were not there. You were not in the studio. Or maybe audience. I was, and you... No, you weren't. Okay. Because you were still in the cult. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So she went on David Letterman. This was like in the late, mid, late 90s. Oh, yeah, and I definitely wasn't allowed to watch David No, you Letterman. weren't. I wouldn't have even been up when he was on. No, I know. You, you didn't even know who he was. No. No. So this is like at the height of like Letterman's fame as like late night, cool right. late night host. Cool edgy. Yeah. So it was his birthday when she went on the show. And she decided as a birthday gift to him, again, she was like tw- early 20s. She flashed him live on TV. And then kissed him. I was like, happy birthday, Dave. Like, woo! And then, like, smooched him. Yeah. I mean. And that's how, like, I kind of first. Did you, did she have her back to the camera? I believe she did. We can probably go on YouTube and watch the clip on there. There may have been, like, some blurring of, like, side boobage. Right. A little bit. That's kind of, like, how I first became aware of her. Other than, like, E.T. Because I did watch E.T. as a kid. But, like, I didn't make that connection. Like, I was the same person. So, in my mind, as, like, a kid and a teen, I was like, oh, she's the wild star. And that's when she was kind of doing, like, the vampy kind of, like, look. Do you remember? She had a very 90s look, like, with a very plucked, arched eyebrows. Yes. And she had kind of the Marilyn Monroe Platinum hair. blonde. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. That was the era of, like, never being kissed. It was, like, right on the cusp of it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember she had just, like curls for days but like yeah. a short style yeah yeah well that's when she started doing like a lot of the daisy flowers so it was kind of like this yes. mix of like very sexy vampy but also kind of like hippie flower girl kind yeah. of vibe to it which is kind of an interesting mix i always thought that she was very and now looking back i can see how with her face shape and everything she was yeah. totally that like mid to late 90s even into the early 2000s yeah. ideal like they wanted skinny body Fat face kind of Here, thing. Well, here's the thing, though, because I do remember this, too, like being a teen and like reading magazines and like seeing stuff on TV, like which stars are fat? She was kind of like the fat, in quotation marks, star. Because, because she wasn't she a, Tara Reid. Because she wasn't like overly skinny and her, she does have a fuller face. She has a rounder face, face yeah. Because yeah. she has like that Julia Stiles sort of. Yeah, but um, she, like she, yeah, she does have a fuller face. Even even like when she's been like thinner or heavier, her face is still kind of the same. And the era that she was in uh, Ever After, yeah. which I don't remember. That came out in the, the late 90s. It was like it did. around it was, 98 it was, it was or late something. 90s, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. At that point, I do remember her being called heavy. And she was and not she was at not. all. She wasn't. She it's, wasn't even like real person. No, 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 no. She was like, she was thin. She just had. It's just her shape. Features. It's just her shape. And you remember they even made um, Angelica Houston said something about that yeah. in the, in the, the film, movie where yeah. she's like, you remind me so much of your father. And she's like, really? I do. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, yes, your features are so masculine. I know, which is about Angelica. He's such a good villain. Oh, so yeah. her eyebrows 
Oh, oh, they were Oscar worthy. Oh my God. Talk about best eyebrows in Hollywood. Seriously. And they are gymnasts. I mean, oh yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. If there's a course on eyebrow acting, she should teach it. (laughs) I am. I have a conspiracy theory actually about her eyebrows. Yes. I don't think that those are her eyebrows. I think that they're puppets. You know, I love it. I think that she has puppets for eyebrows. Can I be her puppet master? (laughs) Which eyebrow do I get to control? (laughs) Ooh, you get one. I get one. Yeah. Okay. okay. We'll we'll share it. Yeah. We'll share the role. It's gonna be really fun when we're drunk and can't coordinate with each other. <laughs> they will send contradictory messages. They will. They will. Yeah. So she kind of has this, like wild '90s stuff, but then she also start getting some roles again too. She had like a small little role in Batman Forever, playing one of Tommy Lee Jones's like yes. ladies. She was like the sugar and spice or like the angel and demon kind of. Yes. Yeah. She was I remember like that, and that was, and she also had the very the hair. frosted makeup in that look. Oh too. man, that was a bad movie, I, but there were some I loved good looks. Batman Forever when that came out. Oh man, I man. bought the soundtrack too. Um, was that the one with nipples? With um, no, 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 that was George okay. Clooney later on. But this is the first one that has Robin come in. Yes, Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Oh, Chris O'Donnell. Who, yeah. by the way, can oh, I just say huge crush on like, Chris O'Donnell as a kid. Inappropriate feelings for Chris O'Donnell. Yes. And it started with Three Musketeers. And mm. then when he, and then because I was a huge Batman fan, when, yeah. he, when he became Robin, oh, you're like, I did not know what was happening in my body. The, the star. And his star never really rose, but something rose. So there was something <laughs> rising again and again and again. Yeah. 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 That was the Kiss from a Rose song by Seal. That was from Batman Forever. I forgot that. Yes. That was the credit Jim- song. Oh Jim Carrey was the Riddler. Yes, I remember Tommy that. Tommy Lee Jones was Two-Face. Honestly, Jim Carrey as the Riddler was pretty brilliant. Yeah. I was always confused by Tommy Lee Jones as the Riddler. No, he was Two-Face. Or two the um, Two-Face, I mean. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't his best role. I think Tommy Lee Jones has been in better roles. It was definitely one of those situations of like, okay, piggybacking on the success that, oh, what was the director's name from the first two? Uh, Tim Burton? Yes, Tim Burton. Yeah. Piggybacking on this success. Yeah. We have... An unlimited budget. Yeah. So we're just going to spend all of our money yes. on really weird 90s special effects and fog machines. Yeah. And get the biggest stars mm-hmm. that we can possibly bring in. It which, was like peak mid 90s stars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then they Nicole Kidman that. was in that film. Yes. She was. Yes. And we're thinking like, man, she's like gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Oh, she had that, that beautiful hair. I know. Okay, so Drew Barrymore was in that. She was in The Wedding Singer. Yeah. 1998. Boyfriend and I rewatched that last night. Still holds up. I haven't seen it in so long. Oh, it's so good. I think that's one of the few Adam Sandler comedies that I'm into. I will say, like, and Drew Barrymore has been in a couple Adam Sandler movies where they play romantic interests. Fifty First Dates. Fifty First Dates. Which I love, but it's it's highly problematic. Oh, I know, I know. Oh, it's not just that. Oh, he and I talked about that. We're like, this is fucked up. It's fucked up from that perspective, mm-hmm. but it's also fucked up when you think about Rob Schneider's character in oh, it. Oh, I know, I know. Playing this native Hawaiian yeah, that's, clown that's like, yeah. person. Yeah, that that part's messed up too. Ugh. Yeah. Wedding Seeker generally holds up. Okay. Yeah. That's so I, I do recommend rewatching it. And then, of course, Charlie's Angels. Oh, Ever After we mentioned, of too, which was gorgeous. I love that dress. I would wear that dress. Which one? Like the ball gown the where ball she has gown? the wings. Oh, for sure. Oh, hell yeah. Would wear the ball gown. I would wear the dress at the end when she has married the prince. And yes. it's like the red and gold. Yes. 
totally would wear the blue gown that mm-hmm. was her mother's. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what was it? Something de l'Ancre, Kathleen de l'Ancre or sure. something like that. Sure. Yeah, and she was Danielle de Babarak. So this is going to tell on my nerdiness. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, super into Legos as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I used to love to build castles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I would always use Danielle de Babarak as the name for one of my Lego characters. <laughs> and she was like nice. the, the like servant girl. Yeah. But then there was something so elegant about the last name de Lancre. De Lancre. That, I, that I was just like, oh. Yeah, did you my... always want like a fancy last name? Yes. Yeah. I've been thinking about changing my last name actually. Really? Because mm-hmm. my family's such shit. What would you change it to, de Lancre? Oh, you should. You should, Topher. That you would should. that would be really cool, but also very pretentious. But, but... not quite as pretentious as the one that I actually would have <laughs> okay, changed it to. It's gonna be like, what's the problem? So I want to change it to Pavanine. Why? Pavanine is an adjective that means peacock-like. <laughs> yes. Doesn't that have a great ring to it? Topher Pavanine. Yes. Yeah, I can see that for you. I can see it. I want to do it. Would you sign like that paperwork with like a peacock feather quill pen? To oh, just for to sure. seal it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. The, honestly, the only reason I haven't done it is because changing your last name is such a fucking headache. It and I don't feel like headache. going through all of this shit. Oh, my shit God. Because it lasts for years in terms it of does. like, you think that you're done with no. everything. Mm-mm. And then the bank's like, sorry, we can't let you withdraw money right now. Well, let me tell you, like after my divorce, I'm still updating accounts with my correct last name now so bonkers to me something's like "Mm, you gotta prove it i'm like i've sent you the paperwork twice what else do i need to do yeah honestly so one of my other friends she went through something similar after her divorce and then got remarried i will never change my last name ever again don't do it it's a scam she like literally it was the same sort of situation she went into a bank first of all it took her like three months just to get her license changed in the state that she was in. Mm -hmm. She had to submit all this paperwork. And then she goes to the, this other bank where she has like a savings account that she never, and she gives them her driver's license and they're like, Oh, that's not enough. And she's like, I went through three months of headache to do this. How is this not enough? How is it not enough that I have a passport and a driver's yeah. license, and I've got mail. Like, you want to see all of this additional paperwork from the government that's going to take an additional several months to yeah. get? Yeah, it's, it's a pain, yeah. It's been a year for me, and, like, half of my accounts still haven't been updated. Yeah. And every so, time I'm like, oh, I need to update this, I'm like, oh, my God, it's such a fucking asshole. Yeah, it's awful. So I'm just <sighs> going to start telling people that my last name is Pavanine, I think. Honestly. Yeah, do it. <laughs> They're not going to check. <laughs> what are they, Social Security Office? <laughs> Come on. No. Let's top up. You need a drink. I do need to drink. Yeah, you're behind. Surprisingly. What do you want to say while I fill up my glass, Topher? Do you want to hear me go on a rant about a recent... Recent? What? A recent restaurant experience? Yes. And then we'll get into our cross-examination. Perfect. Okay. So recently, Fact Checker and I were scouting some things in another city. Yep. Where Fact Checker might be opening a business. Yep. And so we spent the night and we it's went called out to fact checks. Fact checks. Where you just go in, you ask them for a fact, and they'll check it for you. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yep. They um, provide nothing else. Nothing else. Yep. Yeah. And uh, you definitely can't do that on your phone nope. using anything. Um, it's called human Google. <laughs> yes. Google. Google. So we went to this really fancy restaurant mm-hmm. there that I was very excited to try because, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to ch- check the restaurant scene. Mm-hmm. First of all, 
we get into our Uber to, mm-hmm. to go to the restaurant because we know we'll be drinking and we are responsible people. Correct, yeah. And our Uber driver is a mid-20s dude, dude bro kind of person. Mm-hmm. And you know how, like, this is very common. Your Uber driver will have, like, a little suction cup thing with his phone attached sure, yeah. to it on the the windshield so yeah. that he can see, like, the, um, the navigation. The navigation, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He'll have it either open to the app or it'll be open to, like, GPS. Sure. He has that up there, mm-hmm. and it is connected to the speaker mm-hmm. in the car. However, it is not the app, and it is not GPS. He is actively watching Family Guy. What? The entire time that he's driving us. Oh, no. I felt so uncomfortable. I was like, I don't know. Like, I Not because of the content matter, yeah. but because, like, dude, you don't keep your eyes on the road. Show. I can even understand having the audio on with sure. the GPS. Sure, yeah, I... I, I get that part where you just want to hear something in the background. Right. But not like actively watching TV while you're driving, while you're operating a vehicle with two passengers. Fuck no. And for him to feel comfortable doing that with other people in the car is bananas. Yes, it really was because like literally any other, and I used to take Uber all the time. You get in and it's just courtesy that they're like, oh, is there anything you'd like to listen to? I'm easy, so I'm just always like, whatever, listen to whatever. Yeah. The only time that it's bit me in the butt is when it was like conservative talk show that they're like, okay, Rush Limbaugh. You're like, no, nope. not that. Or sometimes they'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to put on my Christian music. And I'm like, oh, fine, whatever. So it's very, very disconcerting. Mm-hmm. So we get to the restaurant, and I won't go into all of the details of everything that went wrong with this experience. There was just (laughs) one extremely glaringly awful thing Mm -hmm. that is a pet peeve of mine, and it's happened to me consistently for the past couple of years. I could not stay silent anymore. Okay. So we start out with, um, like, he got a cocktail. Mm -hmm. I got a glass of wine, knowing that as we move into our entree, we're going to get a bottle, right? Mm -hmm. So comes time for me to order the bottle. Mm-hmm. I've been looking over the wine list. Mm-hmm. I very confidently order this specific bottle from our server. Mm-hmm. He says, absolutely. Walks away. Comes back with it. Presents it to fact checker. Mm. Even though you I'm the one that. who yeah. ordered the bottle. Yeah. Presents it to fact checker. Fact checker just kind of was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Then goes on to pour a taste for fact checker. Fact checker looks at me, hands me the glass across the table. I do the taste. Yeah. I comment on the flavor profile. Yeah. And say this is exquisite. Put the glass down. He then pours for me as the guest and pours second for fact checker as the host and sets the bottle down in front of fact checker with the label facing him. Okay. I know this. What did, what did you say? I waited until the end of okay. our meal. We tipped him. I actually tipped him mm-hmm. over 20%. Mm-hmm. And then I asked to speak to a manager on the way out. And I was just like, listen, here's what happened. I want you to know I still tipped 20%. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not trying to be a bitch here. Sure, yeah. However, this has been happening to me. And this was the last straw. And I, you have to realize when that happens, I feel like I'm being consistently overlooked, disregarded, mm-hmm. and disrespected. Yeah. And I told her, I was like straight up like, and I, I never pull this card in yeah. restaurants unless I'm asked about something. I told her, I was like, I am a certified sommelier. Yeah. I have gone through extensive training, internships, work in the industry, yeah. all of this. 
I know the protocols. I also know this is why I order the wine. Right. This is because my area you have of expertise. That knowledge, yeah. Yeah. So to very confidently order wine and then mm-hmm. be treated as though you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And that and also because and we're in a gay sure. couple. Yeah. yeah. So like to have it be this thing where it's like, oh, was it because Fact Checker was the more mask presenting? So he was like, mm-hmm. he's the man in charge. Falling because, on those like heteronormative relationship right. dynamics. Yeah. When like clearly I have asserted myself very confidently right. here. There's no reason for you to think that I am like I it, it blew my mind yeah. across the board. Anyway, they were very apologetic and ended up getting my email information, and it may be that now I have a consulting job. So, well, I guess that turned into yeah. a good thing. You know, at the find very your silver least, linings. you spoke up and you advocated for something, and you did it in a way that wasn't punitive. You weren't trying to like get the person in trouble, but Absolutely you're saying, not. "Hey, you all, you all yeah. need to be aware that this is how this comes across." Yes, and that's what I really tried to focus on was that like. I understand that this could just be an issue in terms of training. I sure. don't I don't think that sure. it's intentional. However, when it happens consistently, this is how it feels right. to me. And this is how it comes across to your guests. And me being in the industry, I can make allowances because I can understand that there are a million different factors that contributed to this situation. Well, yeah. And I'm still going to like tip the person well right. and all that. But what if this happened to somebody who didn't have that inside understanding right. to be able to kind of process things in that same way? It could turn into a huge thing. Well, and I think that's something just to be very aware of. Like when you are in a position where you were interacting with people, you need to be aware of like whatever unconscious biases you may hold. Mm-hmm. Whether it's based on like gender norms, racial things, whatever. Like just know and be aware and try to do better Mm -hmm. and not let those things affect how you provide an experience for someone else. And we all have them too. Yeah, we we do. And it's it's important to be able to confront that in yourself in situations like that without feeling as though this is a an attack on my character. Right, no, because this is it's, just not, a, it's not condemning who you are at the core of as a person, but it is something for you to be aware of like, oh, this is what I do and say around people mm-hmm. and my actions may have a negative impact on other people. So I need to be aware of that and change that. Exactly. It's yeah, it's a, it's it's a behavioral and thought process yeah. thing. It's it's condemning an ideology, not condemning a person. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying with that. Yeah. Well, good for you for speaking out about that. Thank you. I felt very brave. You are very brave. <laughs> I just, you know, especially being in the industry, being a non-confrontational person and right. also being in the industry, it gets very difficult sometimes to speak up because you don't want to, you don't want to be that person that you've had to deal with before. Right. Because that's, well, yeah, because a lot of people are very eager to speak up about perceived slights or inconveniences to them when there's no basis for that. Yeah. And, and, you know, part yeah. of that for me, too, was this particular manager who was wonderful yeah. speaking to me, even was like, we would love to send you home with a complimentary bottle of wine mm-hmm. um, to make up for this. And I was like, honestly, I really appreciate that sentiment. I'm going to say no to that because I wanted to make it very clear. I'm not doing this in order to get to something. Get something. Right. This is 
merely a conversation just, for educational be, purposes. Be aware of this and yeah. do better next time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Did I want to take home a free bottle of wine? Oh, yeah. Yes. But Should apparently, they have insisted? Yes. <laughs> she did push it, and I was like, no, really, really, no. And now, she if she'd done it well, one more time, okay. if she'd done it one more time, she I would should, have. She should have been like, let me get your contact information. Like, what's your address? And then just shipped it to you anyway. That would have been, yeah. Honestly, it's on her. Honestly, it's a little bit on Fact Checker, too. And I would say that even if he was here, because I was kind of hesitating the second time that she asked. And then okay. Fact Checker was like, no, 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 no. And I was you like, whoa, whoa, like, whoa. This is my complaints right now. But he needed to stand up and be like, you need to make it up to him. Yeah, right. Fact checker. Fact checker, either be a part of the problem or, or the shut solution. up. <laughs> All right. So cross-examination. Let's... I am going to go and pee. God damn it, Topher. You know. <laughs> Are you ready? I am back. I unbuttoned a little bit lower for you, too. Thank I thought we could you. get into the sexy part of the Thank podcast. You. All right. How are you on your glass? Um, I'm good. Uh, do you want to smell the wine again? Yeah, let's. Yeah, I, will, I don't think I'll get anything new. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like wine. I love that, like, you are so ambitious now. You're getting so much more confident in the beginning of the podcast. And then, like, as you drink, you're just like, I don't know. know. It's wa- Guys, it's all wine. I mean, if you learn anything from this podcast, learn that you drink wine and you're good for it. You're a better person for having had wine. Hopefully. Oh, um, if you're an angry drunk, don't, don't. Don't. Just, just don't. don't. Or a sad drunk, honestly. Just Nobody don't. has time for that. What kind of drunk are you? I've been around you drunk a few times. We've gotten a little emotional. Those were, that was like, <laughs> yes. Keep articulating. <laughs> those were extenuating circumstances, though, because emotional things were happening and we were there to drink about those emotional things. Okay, that's fair. I don't really change a whole lot. I get more... I will spin a yarn. Oh, that's so out of character for <laughs> I will also get very opinionated about things. Oh, also out of character. But also, I'm trying to keep up with you because you get super, super Rachel rules. Rachel rules, man. Rachel rants. Rachel rules. <laughs> Rachel irrationality. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Irrachel irrationality. Yes. I get, when I'm like drunk, 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 one of two things happen. I think I can dance. You definitely, I, I've seen that. I cannot, but I'm very confident about my abilities. And I'll start to get very toddler-like, where, like, I need to be put to bed. I don't know that I've ever seen you get to that point quite, mm-hmm. but I have seen you to the point of, like, you should be blackout drunk. You're Maybe you are, maybe you're not. Yeah. And it's usually, like, in between dancing yeah. bouts yeah. where you get very belligerent that people need to be taken care of to the point where you're like, we're like, no, we're fine. And you're like, no, I'm making food. And you'll make food and then you'll like slam it down on the table <laughs> yes. and just be like, eat, I made it for you. And I'm like, cool, thanks. <laughs> Is it good though? It, nah. I mean, it's always stuff that's like freezer, like. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not so much I made food as much as like I heated food up and I remembered to take it out of the oven. Yes. So kudos to. Which honestly. Honestly, cheers to me yeah. on that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like. Like, I get aggressively hospitable. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's basically the opposite of Drew Barrymore's mother, where it's like, no, I'm going to nurture you. 
That's I fair. will drunkenly nurture That's you. That's fair. That's fair. Which isn't a bad place to be in, honestly. <laughs> and then it very quickly shifts to like, I need to be put to bed. I think that fact checkers always gotten to that point before you have. And so we've just yeah. sort of like made our exit. I will say because fact checker's not here, so I'm going to tell a little story on him. <gasps> yes. So one time he was hanging out with me and he was like day drinking that went into like evening drinking with like friends over and all that. He got too drunk and he was like, oh no, I'm too drunk. <laughs> so I put him to bed in what was then a guest room. Was this the time that I was, is this the, I don't the, think like, you were there. I think you were maybe working or something at that point. Because. Or maybe he called you. I don't know what. I think this is when I was there and I had to go home to take care of the dog. Yes, that's, that's what it's You were there and then you had to leave. I had to leave because we had, because we had a dog at home and I was like, yeah. I, I can't continue. And I was completely fine. Yeah, he was not. And like, I'd never seen Fact Checker drunk like that before. I don't And it was such a once. quick shift for him too. But he had such a presence of mind of like, oh no, like I need to go to bed. So I put him to bed in what was then a guest room. And it was a home that had like just been built. So it's all brand new construction. It was all like builder grade bullshit, including beige walls. And I put him in bed and it was literally a room with like a dresser, a bed frame, you know, whatever. Nothing else up. And he, I put him in. I was like, okay, let me get you water, da, da, da. And he looked around the room. He's like, why is it so beige? <laughs> And he was, like, so disconcerned about this. And I was like, I don't know what to do, buddy. Like, I don't know how to I handle I fucking this. love that. Because that's his least favorite thing about those, that style yes. of, like, home is, like, why is everything so just, He like, was so concerned yes. about it. Now, keep in mind, <laughs> we, this only got discovered, like, we didn't realize that he was at this point. Yeah, we, because yeah. Because he's, Fact Checker is very good about He's good until he's not. Yeah. Like, he really didn't I can seem see like the drunk, signs drunk. Now. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you know him. Yeah, yeah, I can start to see, like, oh, no. We've yeah. got about 20 minutes before yeah. we are, like, boom. Yeah. But he, like, disappeared. Okay. And yeah. I couldn't find him. Uh-huh. And it turned out that he was in the upstairs hall bathroom. Mm-hmm. And so I, like, go in, and he is incoherent, sitting on the toilet oh, with yeah. his... Pants around his legs, cannot form a sentence. Yeah. All I can get out of him is, can I get up? And I was like, oh no. (laughs) Keep in mind. Yeah. He had driven me there. Yep. So you're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, fact checker. I will say though that that, like, because I kept checking on him like throughout the night to make sure he was okay, like giving him water, like seeing if he needed food or whatever. He did tell me that night that he was going to propose to you, but he <gasps> swore me to secrecy. Oh my God, really? Yes. He told me like he is was designing the ring for you and he had this whole plan that he was going to do for oh. you. Oh. You know I'm not a good secret keeper. I'm so impressed. But I was like, man, I got to shut my mouth on this. I am so <laughs> impressed. You, Because you kept that secret for... I did. Yeah. I did keep it for a really long time. Wow. And Aww. I was like, that's how I know, like, he really loved you. Because, like, in his drunken state where he was concerned about beige and, like, couldn't <laughs> move off a toilet, he was like, I love Topher so much, I'm going to propose to him. Oh, my God. Okay, cheers. Cheers. Mm. Now let's be mean to Topher. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's fair. We just... Yeah. All right. I better you up than I bring you down. All right. So this is a fill in the blank quiz. Mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore's godfather is blank. Dead. No. 
Famous person. Winston Churchill. No, Winston Churchill is dead. I just said no. Uh, yeah, if you want to listen to mainstream media. <laughs> okay, Drew Barrymore's godfather. Godfather is? Okay, so her dad was John Barrymore. Uh-huh. Her mother was Ethel Barrymore. Uh-huh. Nope. I don't know what her mother's nope. name is. Quit stalling. What's, who's her godfather? Mm, Bill Murray. No, that'd be cute. Steven Spielberg. Oh. Yeah, take a drink because you're wrong. That's... Surprising. Yeah. When she posed nude for cool. Playboy, he sent her a blanket with a message cover up. That's hilarious. I know. But she's gone on to say, like, they have a really good relationship and, like, he's called her his first kid that he had, which uh, I think is, like, that's really sweet. So now I have questions about the relationship. Like, was he really good friends with the dad or with the mom think, or both? I think maybe so. Or maybe it was an issue of, like, after she started the film, it was, like, a retroactive, I'll be your godparent sort of thing. Oh, okay. Do you know who her, She has two godmothers. Oh, because, yeah, because he um, directed E.T. Duh. Yeah. Duh, so Topher. Yes, I'm sorry. Duh, Topher. I'm sorry. I just was being stupid for a second. Okay. She, she has two godmothers, which is kind of cool. One woman is Anna Strasberg, the wife of Lee Strasberg, who was like a famous Hollywood inside the actor's studio dude. Okay. The other person is another famous actress. I'll let you guess. It's just a freebie question. It's not an official question. Okay. I'll try to think of around that same sort of like age. A classic person. Catherine Hepburn. No. The person's still alive. Little more recently. Well, Catherine so is Catherine Hepburn, unless you're listening to mainstream media. <laughs> okay, not everybody's a zombie. <laughs> not American, but has had English speaking roles. Oh, so classic is, sex symbol. Um, 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 Sophia Loren. Yes. Shut up. Yes. Take a drink. Oh just man, that's amazing. I'm gonna and cheers that, you on that. Yeah. Can isn't you that imagine? Cool? Can you imagine? I'm sorry. I have to drink. Mm-hmm. I'm just so excited. I can't even like, put it in my mouth. Can you imagine telling people Sophia Loren is my godmother? I know. Isn't that cool? That's not a sentence that should be able to be uttered by somebody. I know. God, Drew Barrymore, and you're amazing. Steven Spielberg is your godfather. I think I slurred a little bit, but whatever. I was like, Steven Spielberg? <laughs> Shit. All right. Next question. Okay. Drew Barrymore is- So far, I'm winning this. Well, he got it wrong, but okay. We don't have fact checker here to keep track, and we will forget, so it's fine. We're both just going to make up our own scores. Yes, yeah, we will. We will. This podcast is a very delightfully weird one today. Yeah, I think. I think we started off a little bit weird, and it's just you know it's because of the special water we drank before. <laughs> it was not a vodka shot, Rachel. On- we did not share one packet of Cheez-Its between the two of us as our only food for today. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not advocating that you do that at home. No, because that's honestly, don't do that. Don't do that. We were both staying put for a while. Yeah. Okay. And we've got a delicious crock pot of food we afterwards. Do. Okay. Drew Barrymore is the godmother of blank. This famous person who has two very famous parents, one of whom is dead. I think 90s famous people. And one of them is dead. Oh, yes. is it Heath Ledger is one of them? Oh, no. Okay. Is it that one of them is River Phoenix? Oh, no, he didn't father any children. That, that we you know, know of. of. That one of them is dead. I will say musicians. Oh. That should help you. 
Fact checker likes one she of them. She is the godmother much. of. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, what's his face? Um, you tell me. John Lennon and Yoko Ono's son. No, that was like earlier than nineties. No. Yeah. She's no. like she's a child godmother. She was a godmother at like five years old. Yeah. No. She was a very precocious child, Rachel. I think I make a really solid argument. Okay, here. you're wrong. Take a drink. Okay. She's the godmother of Francis Bean Cobain. The daughter of oh, Kurt Cobain, Cobain and, and Pamela Anderson. No, nope, Courtney, Courtney Love. Yes, Courtney Love. <laughs> but she and Courtney Love used to be good friends in the 90s, but they kind of fell. Well, they're both like parties. I was going to say that yeah. just sounds like they were good friends because Drew Barrymore was in a bad place and not yeah. taking care of herself. They haven't really, from everything I looked at, like really haven't had much of a connection since then. Okay. And Drew said like, oh, it's kind of too bad that like she didn't stay in her Francis Bean Cobain's life for more than kind of like just being the godmother. All right. Drew Barrymore was the youngest person ever to blank. It is an entertainment fact. Not like bake the world's largest apple pie or something. Oh, but that would be great. I know. Wouldn't that be weird and kind of adorable? Yeah. But it's not that. It's not that. (laughs) (laughs) So get your mind straight. Okay. 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 Entertainment, not botanical. Not not culinary. Nope. Mm Mm-mm. Not athletic. Nope. Be nominated for a Golden Globe. No. Take a drink to host SNL. Oh, my God. No, I knew that. Damn it. She was only seven years old. Don't you want to see that episode? I know. Well, the really cute thing is, you know, Drew Barrymore has her talk show now, right? Yes, which I she can't had... watch because it's not on the platforms that I have. I know, which is an issue. Eddie Murphy. Make was like, yourself more accessible, Drew. Drew, we want do better. To... Yes, we want you in our lives. Yes, we do. Eddie Murphy was on SNL as a cast member at the time. Then she had him on as a host, oh, not as a host, as a guest on her show that she hosted. And they were talking about the skit they were in together. And it was so sweet and adorable. You kind of like had a little bit of a Drew moment there with your face. I have, you okay, that. here's the thing. Boyfriend says that I have a little bit of a valley girl accent, which Drew Barrymore has. I think I do with a little bit of like Southern colloquialisms, a little bit of a Southern accent thrown in. From time to time. Depends on who I've been around that day. Yeah. Okay. Right now, I'm I'm drunk, so I'm slurring, which can be interpreted as the classic Drew Barrymore lisp. I yeah. I love Drew Barrymore's voice and her face it's and adorable. everything. I love it. I know. I, I hope that she appreciates. I hope you listen to this. I and hope that you she want appreciates to be our best like friends. You know how there's there's a lot of people who and give us wine and have us on your show. Thank you. All of those things, Drew. <laughs> All of those things, and we will contribute constantly, Everything. affirming you. Yes, we will give you affirmations. Yes, daily, hourly, if you want. And it will not be too much. Nope. <laughs> we will not be described as thirsty Stalker-ish. or creepy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next question. What, did you want to finish something? Oh, yeah. No, I was just saying, like, I, you know how there's so many people who will do, like, an imitation yeah. of her? And they'll have, like, you know, kind of the Drew and Kate, Tom Cruise's wife, ex-wife. Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Yeah. They both kind of have that, like. They have a lopsided smile. Yeah. yeah which is adorable. I think it's theory. adorable. And I really hope that yeah. she takes that as, like. I think it's, like, We're super... not making fun of you. We love no, it. No, I love think. love it. When I do it, I look creepy. And when I do it, I look like a stroke victim. (laughs) But I think it's really endearing when people have that. 
like adorable asymmetry to their faces and their expressions. Yeah. Yeah. Now, fact checkers told me that I have an adorable asymmetry to my face. I think I just need a nose job. I think you're pretty symmetrical. Look at my nose. Maybe a slight tilt to one side, but very symmetrical. I broke it on a roller coaster when I was 17. Did you try to fight the roller coaster, Tucker? Did it win? I was a very aggressive 17-year-old. No. <laughs> no, it was because it was at- Did um, a bird fly into your face like Fabio? No. That would have been honestly better. No, it had just rained and this particular theme park. Did not <laughs> Did shut. you slip in the rain? No, I you was- You weren't on the roller coaster I was, so much as I you were standing I was on the line. roller coaster. And at the end, you go down a big hill and yeah. then you're supposed to like- kind of gradually come to a stop in the okay. station. Mm -hmm. There was nothing gradual about this stop. We came you down and head. we just braked and it slammed me forward. Oh, I thought no. that I had just busted my lip, but there was blood everywhere. They took me to, my parents were in a different part of the park. Did they give you money for your troubles? No, because I signed a fucking thing. Why? I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to. And honestly, it probably wasn't even legally bi binding because I was only You should 17. have been emancipated from your parents. I should have For been. a lot of reasons, but especially for that one. Yeah. So anyway, it wasn't until like the swelling went down a couple of days later mm -hmm. that I realized, oh my God, that's not my nose. <laughs> oh no. They've swapped my nose. <laughs> they, that fucking accident gave me someone else's nose. By the way, foreshadowing. Okay. You stole a nose. We're going to talk about a horrific. Got your nose. We're going to talk about a horrific and gruesome accident-related story in Monterey County after the. Okay, uh, let's get through this. Okay. Okay. Drew Barrymore has said she's allergic to blank, and there are four different things. So I'll give you credit for any one of those. Bullshit. No. Really? Keep going. Like genuine allergies, not oh. like metaphorical allergies. Okay. Give me three more options. Alcohol. No. She makes the wine, man. We're drinking it. Okay, I do have a question about that, though. I do, she... I do wonder with her sobriety, like, why she chose. I think she okay. does drink, So what I know. Hit me the bottle. She On has the back of the her bottle. love of wine, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Good. So I will say that was kind of a question. We're going on a little tangent, but we'll get back to the sidebar. No, cross-examination, I mean. <laughs> that sidebar is a different episode We are court situation. officials. Listen to us. I was Man, this poor transcriber over here trying to do all this shit. Our sonographer is like ripping their hair out. It's awful. It's a big mess, honestly. Now I have to clean it. No, we're not cleaning it. Oh, they will clean it? We're waiting for Fact Checker to come later on. I can't wait that long. <laughs> um, yeah, I did wonder, like, as somebody who has been very public about their addiction issues to mm -hmm. drugs and alcohol, why you would choose to do wine. Maybe she is one of those people who... Is able to now, at this point in her life, which is legit, drink in moderation, huh. and it's not an issue for her. So kudos to you, Drew. Because I, I did notice that it said on the back of the bottle, yeah. there's a, a long paragraph about kind of description of the vineyard. It's not all long. It's just long for Topher. He's Works not a reader. Hard. Please enjoy this beautiful wine around a table, mm -hmm. a place where I feel some of the best memories are made from our family to yours. Yeah. And that just made it sound like she enjoys this wine. I think she does. Um, and and maybe... she had her rosé, too, which was a different collaboration oh, at nice. one point. Yeah. I I think it would be very strange for her not to drink, but to collaborate with a vineyard. So I think maybe she does drink in moderation. Yeah. Maybe is the key. Yeah. Okay. Let's get back. We do what not. Is she... Nope. <laughs> nope, we don't. What's she allergic to? Oh, yeah. Cinnamon. Nope. You have two more guesses. Um, 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 oh, please don't let it be 
gluten? No. Okay, thank God. Lycra. No, one more guess. Um, I'm not counting gluten. One more okay. guess. Pollen. Mm, no, but you're telling me she's not allergic to everyone's allergic to pollen. Garlic. <gasps> oh no, Drew. Drew. We love garlic. Oh, I was gonna say like garlic, but I thought, oh, that's too. I can't. I know, Drew. It's not how someone... do I cook for you? I know. All I use is garlic. Is she a vampire? No, you, but you've seen my giant tub of garlic, which I've given some to you. Oh, yeah, always. I can't cook for her now. What do we do? It's all garlic-based. Are we sure she's not a vampire? Maybe she is. Coffee? Why else would you be... Okay, that's fine. I can't Perfume and bee stings. Okay. Okay. Perfume. Mm-hmm. Like, all perfume? That's what I've read, which is maybe just, like, maybe perfume just, like, irritates your nose or like or she could get a rash there could be something that's like in the compound that most perfumes are that that could be what it is yeah so i have a friend a very close friend who's allergic to bee stings and they found out a couple of years ago because they had a huge reaction when they ate a fig oh because of the wasps Yeah. yeah did you guys know about this at home yes if you're allergic to like wasp and bee stings there's something about like how wasps will literally crawl into figs as they're developing. And they will get dissolved by the fig. Yeah. So my mom has a cousin who found out she was like terribly allergic to a wasp sting like a, last year, like recently. And I told my mom like, oh, she shouldn't eat figs or fig newtons as a result mm. just to be safe. And my mom didn't know about that. So I didn't I even think her, about fig newtons because I, I always just assumed it wasn't a, real figs. It's an old, well, I don't really think I those, but just to be safe. Don't eat a fig Newton. They are not a sponsor. Also, it's not even a cookie. It's not. Thank you. It is not a cookie. I remember growing up, my mom would buy fig Newtons because it was like the healthy thing. It's bullshit. It is bullshit. They say in their ad campaign, it's not a cookie. It's a fig Newton. No, you're trash and you shouldn't be consumed by anybody. Exactly. Anyway, moving on. I got stung by a bee on the inside of my (laughs) ear when I was a child. Oh, no. Like right, like if you get oh pierced, yeah, uh-huh. but it was on the inside. Ooh, ouch! What do you call this part? Your thumb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, now whenever I see a wasp, you it, cover your ears. <laughs> it makes this part of my ear tingle. I know it's like I, a, I know it's like a psycho. Yeah, I was like, that's a psychosomatic reaction. Yeah, to it me. is. I know, but it also like sometimes, even as an adult, I'm like, I have a superpower. I can sense where wasps are near. He does not. I don't. I don't. That's why Topher always travels with earmuffs. So when he sees a creature buzzing about, he puts them on his ears to keep them safe. Also in the realm of nuclear insect related superpowers that you get. Okay. You know how like Spider-Man, you know, radioactive yeah. spider. What a useless superpower that would be like, I can tell when a wasp is around. <laughs> Not even like I can control the wasps. No. I can't talk to the wasps. You're just like, hush, a wasp a is wasp. there. And you're like, no shit. It's like three feet away like from me we're, right now. we're outside. I hear them. Yeah. I see them. And I'm like, no, but but my waspy senses are tingling. Like Topher, that wasn't even what stung you. Next question. Drew's directorial debut was blank in 2009. In 2009? Starring Drew. Okay. Elliot Page and Kristen Wegg. Oh my God. Yeah. It was kind of an athletic movie. Oh, 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 I know this. It's oh, the, do you? Yes, I do. It's the roller derby one. What's it called? Um, um, fuck. I'm only going to give you credit if you get it absolutely correct. No, that's not fair. 
That's not fair. Oh, Rachel I love rules. this. I love this, and we have to have a conversation about what yes. our roller derby names would be too. Oh, okay. I've always wanted to go to a roller derby. But what derby. is it called? Oh my god, it's like it's. Oh my god, I'm gonna be. It's it's right. It's my it's brain is the itching. name of a Devo song. Oh, that doesn't help me. I know, but it would help fact checker. Il Devo. No. <laughs> Take a drink. Whip it. Whip it, yes. Whip it, you hit good. Me hard. Sorry, that wasn't hard. That's hard. Take a drink. What's your roller derby name? Mm, I'd have to think of something that's like super, super gay, but also intimidating. Okay, what would you pick? Penis coming at you. <laughs> it's not very catchy, like the pink rash or. <laughs> that's just rainbow th- rash. That's just a threat. If you don't wash your undergarments. What about the rainbow rash? I do like rainbow rash. I do like that. I think I would pick like Crimson Tide or something. Because mm, you have a wide set vagina and a heavy flow. <laughs> I do, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I would pick something aggressively like feminine. <laughs> Just like mess with people. Yeah. Can you roller skate though? Mm, I cannot roller skate. Neither can I. Can I roller blade? No. Yes, I can. <laughs> Can you? I've not done it since I was a kid, but my parents got me roller. But you're very confident. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I am precocious. It's been 40 years, but Tover thinks he can do it. Oi! <laughs> no, my parents got me rollerblades when I was a kid. They took me all the way up to Atlanta from Macon to get okay. them. Okay. It was this big surprise where okay. they were like, we're going to take you up to Atlanta and we're going to get you something really special. And I have like built this up for a week in my head. Okay. I had two things in my head that I thought that I was going to get. Was one of them rollerblades? Neither one of them was rollerblades. Okay. One of them was, oh my God, they're going to take me to like a Lego store and I'm going to get to pick out whatever Lego set mm-hmm. that I want. Other one was, oh my God, they're taking me to a library Aww. sale and I'm going to get to like actually turn my room into a library. So that's what kind of nerd I was. So now imagine those are my two expectations. They get you something athletic. They took me to Dick's Sporting Goods. (laughs) In Atlanta. They didn't need to do that. At Stonecrest Mall. It wasn't even Atlanta. Not not, not Stonecrest, sorry, South Lake. Okay. I was like, they overshot Atlanta. Which is is Morrow, but was that was Atlanta to me as a kid, you know? You didn't know. Nobody knew. I didn't know, yeah. And I just remember we go in, Mm -hmm. I get fitted for my rollerblades. My father got rollerblades, too, so that we could rollerblade together. I'm nine years old, by the way. And he had to jump in on this. So we get the rollerblades. My dad's, and both of them are just like, we just did the greatest thing ever for you. Probably because they're thinking our nerd son never wants to leave his room. He just like sits at the window He's staring at Legos out. and books all yeah, the time. Reading like sad books. Like I'm reading like Jane Eyre and shit, you know, wanting to like talk to them about literature theory. Yeah. And they're like, we can't handle this. We're going to get your rollerblades. We're going to get your rollerblades. Go. You get out there, get out there, get some fresh air. Go down air. that hill, get away from the house. Yes, exactly. So they get this for me and they're so proud. And then we go afterwards. I feel pretty confident. It was like a steak and shake that we went to afterwards. <gasps> Which love their fries, the little mm. matchstick fries that make you feel mm. like a giant when you eat them. Mm. Yeah, I get it. It's mm-hmm. pretty great. And so we're sitting there having dinner after they've just built up this week long thing of we're getting yeah. this amazing uh-huh. surprise. And I just sit there reading my book at the table, 
What book was it? It was a Frank Peretti um, children's book called okay. uh, Something About the Island of Aquarius. And it was about these kids who get stranded on this island and okay. there's a cult. Well, that was kind of on the nose. A little bit, a little bit on the nose. I also, thought you were going to say I was reading like the instruction manual for the rollerblades. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I didn't give a shit about the rollerblades. Yet you can rollerblade, apparently. Well, I had to. I was forced to go on rollerblading outings with my parents. <laughs> Sorry. I know you have, you dealt with a lot of shit in your childhood, but forced rollerblade outings are... It's undeni- traumatic as fuck! They're undeniably fucked. I'm sorry. We had, like... And this is, like, full-on helmet, no, wrist pads, like wrist pad, knee, knee pad, pads, elbow, elbow pads, pads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of it. All of I'm it. surprised they didn't have a butt pad because I was bony as fuck. Like I could have broken my tailbone. You still could. No, my my butt has gotten really nice thanks to COVID weight. But you're still a very delicate person. Oh, well, yeah, I have yeah. no upper body strength or any like just any body strength, really. <laughs> upper or lower or or mid or like. In comprehensive. Yeah, just com- I have no comprehensive body strength. But you still could rollerblade. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's try it out. Oh, I wouldn't do that anymore. You just said. Okay, fine. We'll go to... Oh, no, because then you got to go to a roller rink, and those places smell. I know they do smell. Also, do I you do remember... I remember, like, I can never roller skate or rollerblade, so I always, like, hold on to the wall and just propel myself along. And like, they, some weird yes. Victorian child who's learning to walk for the first time. Because you with... you can't let go of your supports. I feel like with rollerblades, I had a little bit more control, but with roller skates, I was just going everywhere. And yeah. then there was that humiliating point when you're, like, you're at the birthday party, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, now it's skate backwards only. And you're like, no, no, oh, no, no, I have to go and, like, no. sit down because of my cramps. I can't do that. I can't skate backwards. Who could? Anything. All the cool kids. All the That's cool who. kids, I know. Any sort of, let's be real, I'm not an athletic person, but any sort of activity where you have to put something special on your feet, I'm out. Can't roller skate, can't roller blade, can't ice skate. Can't I've, jog. No, honestly, no. I've tried to water ski. No good. Oh, I can't water ski either. I can kneeboard no. and that's about knee it. Kneeboard or tubing. Tubing is my jam. Well, because you're just laying. Yes. <laughs> With a cocktail in your hand. I can lay flat on an inflatable raft and hold on until it gets too crazy. And then I let go. And wait You're for an the athletic boat to come back inspiration. Let me tell you. Yes. All right. So let's keep going. Anyway, to back to our October. Olympic tuber. <laughs> Olympic tuber sounds like the name of a beautiful flower, by the way. I was going to say, are you like a, a tarot, like a tarot root? Yeah. He's very athletic. Drew, She's a potato. She's an athletic honestly, potato. Honestly, I am. Mm, not athletic. I'm just a potato. All right. Drew Barrymore's net worth is blank million. Ooh. And I have to get this exactly right, don't I? Yes. I'm going to say number. 80. Mm-mm. Lower? Higher. Ooh. Take a drink while you think about okay. it. 120. Very close. 125 million. Mm. Yes. Celebratory sip. I'll give yes. you that okay, one. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good that cool? for you, Drew. I know. Well, because she has a production company called Flower Films that produced Whip It, produced a lot of films, mm-hmm. Charlie's Angels, Charlie's Angels 2, a lot of those like 2000s onward films. I didn't realize that she produced Charlie's Angels. She did. Good yeah, for her. good for her, Drew. 
All right. Last question. Are you ready? Okay, let's do it. So Drew Braymore. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me start over. I'm sorry, who? Did you say Drew Brandymore? <laughs> I said what I said. Oh no. Drew Barrymore nailed it once again. <laughs> Um, started her talk show. Our listeners are going to think no, we're high right now. We're we're not high, okay? We just have a little special pre-recording ritual that may or may not Don't involve, tell our secrets. It involves alcohol. God, you're like fact checker when he's drunk. I'm not a good secret keeper. Honestly, I'm amazed I kept the secret of him proposing to you. I, I so wanted to tell you so many times, man. And I would have been so mad because, you know, I hate it when people ruin surprises. I know. And I was like, I will face Hofer's wrath if I say anything, so I cannot. Also, at the time, I was very resentful that he had not yet proposed. I know. And you. I didn't even you, talk to you about it. I know. I talked to you about it like, after that. You did. And I oh, kept my mouth man. shut. It's so good. You, yeah. You deserve I you I deserve get a, a celebratory prize. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What else are you going to give me for it? Okay, stop sexually harassing me. <laughs> Tover, what are you going to do to pay me back? Honestly, nothing that you would want. I just hit the glass. I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> Give me that last question, girl. That's how smooth I am. Okay. So on her talk show, she debuted in 2020 after pandemic. So a lot of it was kind of virtual, but mm-hmm. then she had it in person. Okay. Oh, yeah. They've gotten very. Um, yeah, they've gotten uh, pretty good at that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's our question. <laughs> so she faced a little backlash because one of her early guests was a couple that she put on a surprise wedding for. But the problem with the couple was blank. And this is more than just a one or two word. It's kind of spinning a yarn. So tell me the story. What's the problem with that couple while well, I refill my glass and maybe yours? One of them mm-hmm. was a convicted <gasps> Mm-hmm. Convicted what? One of them was a... Ooh, thank you. You're welcome. One of them was a convicted... Uh, What do you call the person who does, like, art fraud? Fraudster. An art fraudster. Mm-hmm. Forger. Yes, a forger. One yes. of them was a convicted art forger. Okay. Thank you. We got... It takes a village. We get there. <laughs> <laughs> it's called collaboration, everyone. Yes. Who had done some really terrible things early mm-hmm. on in their life, mm-hmm. got mixed up with the wrong art crowd, mm-hmm. forged some things, mm-hmm. made some money, mm-hmm. um, stolen from widows and orphans. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, rich orphans love to buy art. Orphans love their art. Yeah. However, had turned their life around. Mm-hmm. Sure, as one does. And now decided to marry a goat. It was actually the goat that was the problem in that dynamic. We, obviously, that's the problem. Yes. The goat was a Satanist, full-on Satanist. And yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh. It was it was a religious problem with yes. the goat. It's like, also, goat, like, are you sacrificing yourself here? Like, like what's, what's the deal? Just kidding. That's not what Satanism is. No. So take a drink because you're obviously wrong. I was close, though. So the problem was, I'm going to take a little drink before I say my story. Okay. Mm-hmm. She had on a couple. She was throwing a surprise wedding for them. The man, and they were like, we are not together, ma'am. Stop trying to force. This is my this 13-year-old happen. daughter. Okay, here's the deal. Oh, no, they were here's, related? Nope. 
Nope, nope, not related, but here's the problem. The man was a high school teacher, science teacher. The woman was a nurse. So she's like, oh, we're going to get on these two people together who are in a relationship. We're going to throw them a wedding because they're both working through this pandemic and dealing with these like terrible circumstances. So you know, far, teaching, noble. Right, teaching and working in healthcare, and they have to deal with so much right now in these very uncertain times. The couple told the production company, we met when we were in high school. Not we. Mm. Not we. Correct. Not well, we. Well, we were in high school. One of them was present at the high school in a professional uh, function. Uh-huh. And the other was a? Student. Yes. Lunch lady. <laughs> no, not a student lunch lady. So the dude was the high school science teacher. Mm-kay. The woman in the pair was a high school student when they were first introduced to one another. However... When did mm. their yeah go ahead and defend this? No, I'm asking a question. Oh, mm-hmm. when did the relationship start? They said after she graduated. Well, but then there's still. no problem. No, if they, I'm sorry. If they said that, then it must be true. Oh, sure. Take a drink out of sadness for yourself and I your am choices. Not sad <laughs> at all. So yeah, that was definitely shady. Um, Drew and her production company. That's her not on her show. though. Well, That's it's, not it's on, on her. her production company, at least, because they should. Oh, no, that was a burp. Sorry. This is a very belchy wine. Too. <laughs> Whenever we burp, it's because the wine is belchy. I think it's a celebrity thing. Celebrities give us gas. I think. <laughs> um, Drew, you need to make it up to us. So yeah, be your friend. Yeah. Please, thanks. By, by being our friend. Yes, then we won't have gas again. Thank you. They should have researched this couple better and, like, done a little bit better in like doing some background information digging on them they could have found another couple that was like just as deserving as like a nice private or like surprise wedding with like a sure a nice honeymoon gift whatever <laughs> bullshit whatever i'm gonna chalk it up to an oopsie and i honestly just don't it's not i don't on, think that people should make that on, big a deal out of it Topher, you're not, wrong no not not in terms of blaming that, like, there shouldn't be all this outrage against drew barrymore and her production company okay that's, that's what fair. i'm saying the outrage should be on the skeevy dude Topher? Topher? I have been so... Topher drink. Topher You know drink. I have a professor fetish. Which is fine. I get that. I get the younger person and the counterpart having a crush on, idealizing that person. However, also, as... Also, I'm always the youngest person in the room. So am I just not supposed to sure. ever have a relationship with anyone? Sure. sure with yes. anyone? Sure. Yes. You have to be celibate. I'm sorry. And that's not going to happen. <laughs> as the adult... You shouldn't, you shouldn't marry someone that you first encountered in that dynamic. It's, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. Even if nothing was ever acted upon, like best case scenario, nothing was ever acted upon. They never even flirted. No. Nothing. You, you shouldn't do that. It. You shouldn't do that. It definitely like. There are enough it people It puts other you in a position. Marry. Yeah. It's. You shouldn't. Mm. You shouldn't. I will say, mm-hmm. what if? Mm-hmm. No, listen, listen, listen. Listen. What if 20 years later, like she graduates lo- 20 okay, years later, they both t- had their own lives. A lot. It's a lot of time has passed. Yes. And then it's one of those weird things where it's like, wait, were you? Wait. And I do. And I do think that even on that date, like, let's say that they connected on Tinder and they're talking about sure. like, oh, this is where I went to high school. Or whatever blah, blah. Tinder is in the future. Right. Sure. And then they realize... Oh, my oh, God, you were my yeah. teacher. There should be a oh, moment like, for both ugh. of them of, like, 
can I do this? You should have that moment in yeah. your head of yeah. what are the implications here mm-hmm. and what does this mean mm-hmm. for me? That's a normal human reaction. Yeah. They were both younger people, like this is late also 20s, why... early 30s, where it's enough to be like, no, you still you still remember that. You, st- you still a remember that. amount of time, though. No. Like 10 years no. after. No. You still remember A decade that. after? You still, no. No, sir. Mm-mm. You have to pass, like, menopause for that to be okay. <laughs> Well, maybe she had. Maybe she had early onset menopause. Rachel rules. Okay, fair enough. Okay. So, cross-examination, I'm going to say you lose. I'm going to say that I actually really nailed that. Like, I told a story about somebody getting married to a goat. Okay, I'll give you credit. Thank you win. you. That's how the court works. You, like, decide who wins or loses in that moment. <laughs> Based on how entertaining they were. Mm-hmm. Surprise, I'm going to go pee. Not a surprise. And then I'm going to tell you a really gruesome story if you want to hear it. Yeah, and then let's wrap this up. Yeah, sounds good. Tiffer dramatically got up to pee. It was graceful. (laughs) Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes, tell me your gruesome story and then we'll wrap up our... Okay, so as you know, our podcast is called True Crimes Against Wine. Yes. And normally the true crimes are... Against the wine. Yes. Or that's at least what we're trying to ascertain. Or the celebrity. Or the celebrity, yeah. Sure. However. Okay. Are you ready for some true yes. crime? Yes, 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 okay. yes. So. We've bonded over crimes before. Oh, yeah, we have. Not okay. ones we've committed. Per se. Allegedly. <laughs> that we've been caught for. Yes. So, Monterey. Yes. Monterey is known as... Not just a cheese. It's not just a cheese anymore. Okay. Also spelled differently. Mm. Monterey is known as the salad bowl of America. It's where like 80% of America's greens That makes more sense. Okay, the context makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked in our previous Pinot Grigio, or no, Pinot Grigio, our previous Monterey episode (laughs) (laughs) about how John Steinbeck wrote... Yes. Um, several of his novels taking place yep. in Monterey. And that yep. was because back in the 30s, the people from the Dust Bowl, Dust Bowl during the Great Depression yes. had kind of migrated. migrated to California looking for more opportunities. Yes. And so they were yes. working in Monterey mm-hmm. in the agricultural sure. field there. Mm-hmm. What was also happening... <gasps> Murder. ...was that the government decided to create a program... For murder. <laughs> In which Mexican workers were being brought up from Uh Mexico. Not a good program. Not to benefit the workers. Let's just kind of... Well, it was kind of a mixed bag. Okay. 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 So, I want to make sure that I get this correct here. It's called the Bracero Program. Okay. And this started in the 30s to bring struggling Mexican workers up. Because they were like literally... I mean, the Great Depression was a global Right. And these people were literally struggling to feed their families. So they wanted to give them an opportunity to come up, Mm -hmm. fill up some of the labor shortages Mm -hmm. as well. And part of this was really good. Mm -hmm. One of the things was that this program set in place a set minimum wage. It was like 30 cents an hour, which I don't know what that was back then. There's no way to know. Yeah. But presumably was like something. Enough-ish? Yeah. Because back then, minimum wage was viewed as a different situation, too. Sure, sure, sure. So this yeah. was supposed to be a livable 
wage. Well, yeah. Part of that was also that half of that minimum wage Mm -hmm. was automatically being sent back to Mexico to a bank account for your family to be able to access. Okay. So you didn't have to worry about that. Okay. However, part of it was that they were afraid that they would get flooded with Mm -hmm. Mexican not even immigrants, but just workers coming in wanting to take advantage of this program. So it was something that you had to be accepted into. And also, basically, you were being organized, cataloged, all of that. And Mm. so they put them in labor camps. Mm. That's where you would be living. Mm. You were contained Mm. there so that you couldn't bring your family up. It was just you. Okay, that's not a great start to the program. And you would then be put into, like daily, Mm -hmm. put into a very large flatbed truck that had a big thing built around it. Okay. With two benches on Mm -hmm. either side. And they would have upwards of like 25 to 40 workers in the back of this truck that they would have locked in, take them to the fields where they would work 10 hour days. And then take them back to the labor camps. Okay, I don't like the locked in part of this. This is because, again, they were trying to bring in workers, but did not want illegal immigration. So. Okay. Let's fast forward to the 60s. Oh, things are better? It's been 30 years. Things are great and perfect, no problem. This program is still something that's happening in California. Okay. All right. There is a bus that is taking workers back from the fields where they've just worked a 10-hour day. Okay. It is at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so they've been out there since 6 a.m. Sure. There are 32 workers in the back of this truck. There's not a window where you can communicate with the driver of the truck. Also, that's another thing I need to clarify here is that the people running these labor camps and also the people who were hired to transport back and forth were not being vetted. Mm -hmm. There were no qualifications asked. Yeah. So they're driving along. They go to cross a railroad track. Oh, no. Never know. They got hit by a train. Oh. So I'm just going to read to you. All right. So a freight train... From the Southern Pacific Railroad with four diesel locomotives, the lead unit being an SP5857, I don't know what that means, pulling 71 cars. Oh, shit. That's a long train. And a caboose was approaching from the south at a high rate of speed, about 67 miles an hour, hits them. So the problem here isn't just that now all of a sudden... They're hit by this train Mm -hmm. and 32 bodies are strewn all around. It's that it was an overcrowded truck. People were literally sitting on the floor. Mm -hmm. And on the floor was also all of the long blades that they (gasps) used. Oh, no. So a lot of the casualties happened because those knives flew all throughout (gasps) And we're severing limbs. There were people who were severed in half. Oh, no. There's one survivor who... Oh, my God. One person survived that? And with extensive injuries. Yeah, but he but, described oh it. He described it afterwards as saying that the wounds of all the people around mm-hmm. 
were so extensive and deep and gruesome that when the ambulances showed up, as the ambulances were pulling away, blood was flowing out of the backs of them like water. Oh, my God. That poor... Those... Okay. Those people in there, like, how awful and terrible must that have been? The survivor also said they could see the train coming, but they couldn't communicate with the driver. Why didn't the driver stop? So, driver got brought up on manslaughter charges. The driver survived it? Yes. Um, oh, okay, okay. And he had a passenger sitting next to him. Okay. And so, the defense was trying to say he didn't see the train coming because the passenger was blocking. The prosecution was saying... You hear a train horn. Yeah. And also, this is... There's Flat, nothing else. There's nothing view. else around. There's nothing yeah. there. Nothing so, there. So I think, okay, when people think of California, they think like very developed, but there are lots of stretches of California, even along these very populous areas where they're like, there is literally nothing, mm-hmm. nothing there. So it's also important to note too, just so that we don't get into, this was not a white man driving Okay. this. Okay. This was a Mexican-American okay. man. So I don't think that it was necessarily even like a, I don't care about these people kind of situation. However, there's neg- so there's still negligence. There is negligence. Yeah. And that's what came out as they were doing this trial and they started performing Aww. extensive tests on this man, found out that he had advanced diabetes and couldn't see. Couldn't see and he was driving. And, and he was driving. See. And so Oof. it turned into a thing where a bunch of the farmers who mm-hmm. lived in the area mm-hmm. who were predominantly white men or Hispanic men who had lived in the country for Mm -hmm. generations banded together and they successfully abolished this program because of what happened. Because they were like, this is clearly you are seeing the product of literally decades of you not thinking through what's happening here. You're not taking care of people. Yeah, because at this point it's not... We're understanding we're in, like, a global depression. Like, circumstances are awful. We're trying to do the best we can. Now you're taking advantage. Right. You've continued and you're taking advantage of people who don't have the same opportunities, partly because of what your country has done to another country. Right. And what's important and really cool and admirable to think about is that because this was... I mean, there was a there was a big lawyer that also came of, in, obviously. Of course, yeah. yeah. But because they can't do it on their yeah. own. But the fact that the farmers were banding together, they're the ones benefiting from this government program where they don't have to. But it's also a program that takes advantage of them being in a, a situation where they maybe don't have a lot of options available. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that like these farmers were benefiting, these independent sure, farmers were benefiting yeah. from this program and they were still Saying this, saying, isn't, right. this yeah. isn't cool. We cannot have this. Oh, those poor people. How awful that must have been for yeah. them. So it's actually, I think the last payout was like 2013, but the mm. government has continued to track down um, As they should, honestly. As they should, people. yeah. Yeah, yeah you members. should continue to pay the family for this horrible thing that happened to people that were part of a program that you knew you were Manipulating and taking advantage of. Yeah. To the point where, uh, like, you're literally hiring people without vetting them to make sure they can actually see drive, to drive. Right, right. Not to mention the conditions that they're being transported in. Right. That's not a... Yeah, there are a lot of things that happened in that process that went wrong. Yeah. Oh, those poor people. How awful. Ugh. So, that's... Drew Barrymore's fault. <laughs> no! no! No, no, no. 
No, but this is where her wine was manufactured, so she's partially liable? I mean, well, technically, she's getting her wine from a farm where they're the farmers. So, Drew, you owe money? No, they're the farms who were saying, we can't do this. Okay, so you're on the right side of history. And actually, Carmel (laughs) Road, which was established in 1999, has an amazing track record of sustainability practices for their particular winery. Well, they've I think cut water great. use in half in the last decade. And for California, that's pretty yeah. amazing. They yeah. reuse recycled water from the wine winery nice. twice before it's then additionally purified and in order to use as irrig- irrigation. Yeah. They okay. also there are dry creek beds uh-huh. that rather than planting over them, they restored to become rainwater runoffs that I go into their that. cisterns. You know what? What's their verdict? Yeah. Not guilty. Not guilty at all. Not guilty. Oh my god. In fact, like you've like lapped yourself around to be like You're a judge now, You Drew should Rainwater. come on as a judge. Yeah. Honestly, Drew, like you've been so much through so much in your oh no. In your personal <laughs> life. And I promise you, this is heartfelt. This is heartfelt. For you to come out as like a really kind, genuine person, despite all these terrible things that you went through, mm-hmm. is really commendable and amazing. And for this wine, as you said, to have done these fantastic things too for the environment, for other people, is really commendable. Yeah, so it's, it's obvious why you guys teamed up together. Yeah. And we appreciate you, your body of work, and just who you are as a human. Yeah, and this wine is really good it's, too. And we appreciate your wine. So good. Don't be aggressive about it. It's so good. <laughs> the wine is, honestly, the wine is delicious, too. Yeah. So, yeah, that is another episode of True Crimes Against Wine. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. If you would like to get in touch with us, feel free to reach out at True Crimes Against Wine Gmail. We've got our TikTok now. Yes. We've got our Instagram. Facebook and Instagram. I'm like, what are the things I've said? <laughs> yeah. That's it for us for social media. So, yeah. And that's it for us now. Cheers. Cheers and ciao. <laughs>